everyone and welcome to That Mint Podcast Live, That Live Podcast. That Live Podcast? We haven't come up with a name. Um, basically, <laughs> for our 24th episode, Crazy. which is the season ender, uh, season two. Season two. Um, so we thought we'd do another live one because they're always fun. What we've got this time is a live studio audience Woo! in a bar. And we've decided to go with it because it's September-ish. Yeah. Getting there, isn't it? We're yeah. going to do a back-to-school episode based on some of the lessons that you would have had at school, but, you know, obviously with a finance twist and probably a drink twist, which is hilarious considering how much Cathy and I attended school. Oh, yeah, no, like not even half a person's attendance between the two of us. <laughs> so there's that. We brought back due to popular demand Very popular that from us. mint <laughs> drinking game, which is people get to take drinks and glugs and finish drinks and get new drinks. Thought we'd start the day off by showing a little photo of me while I was at school. Look at that, how cute it is. Really to see that photo. She went to school in an actual Victorian era. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to ask you, Cathy yes. Harrison, what was it that you loved and loved <laughs> about school? I honestly, I couldn't. I was thinking about it last night and I couldn't think of anything I liked about school. Like, absolutely anything. You liked the people? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did have a couple of friends used to just absolutely laugh all day long, take the mick out of people, occasionally drink, and I thought, that, like literally, I thought that was like the precursor <laughs> to this. Um, but there was nothing else. I just really didn't like it at all. What about you? Um, I enjoyed it. I, I <laughs> gradually declined. I came out of junior school and my dad was getting me scholarships to like Durham High and Paulham Hall and I just gradually <laughs> went down and down. So if I'd stayed at school longer... Oh, too easy. Yeah, if I'd stayed there. at school longer. And in, a, like you say, a precursor to life, um, I generally did all right, my GCSEs, because I was just one of those annoying people who could just turn up and do it. Well, yes. how different it could have been. <laughs> well, this is new. Yeah, know this. Um, I didn't want to wear a hat to school, but I need to show you this because I want to see your reaction. Oh God, what? Oh no, it's from mine. Oh. It's fine. Um, <laughs> um, this is a little screenplay that I did when I was ten, <laughs> and it's got the Ferry Hill Little Theatre Company. If you can see it. But did story. you make it? You wrote the screenplay. <laughs> Uh, I think you'll find <gasps> screenplay Joanne McCormack, that was my old name, um, from off of the back in the olden days. Um, who do you think I played? Um, you could have been any of the dwarfs. I wasn't a dwarf, I was Snow White. <laughs> All right, dopey. No, and you're on plate, yeah, I get that, yeah. And this is the full cast there. I was married. <laughs> he was my little boyfriend at the time. And then screenplay. No, you can't just keep like, rushing past these things. <laughs> I need it more time to process it. Oh, wow. Um, it's beautiful. Um, but it was all downhill from there. Yeah. I, like, that was my last screenplay I ever wrote. Was this when you were 16? <laughs> when I was 10. Oh, I knew you were going to want to see it. Blooming you. Anyway, so... What did you actually like about school, or was it that kind of stuff? So, what I did enjoy was practising my handwriting when I did all of those notes about how oh, to get out of PE. You have great handwriting, though. And it is, and it's all those notes of, oh, Joe's got a period again. <laughs> Lying, so I didn't have to do PE. <laughs> and they would just be like, come on. Do a handstand in your knickers. We all want to, you know, there's no problem with that now. It does get onto finance at some point, just in case anyone's wondering. Um, in case you're also wondering, the bar that we've chosen, which is a really nice bar, um, the guy who works here, Marcus, hey Marcus, shout out, thank you, um, is doing a finance degree, so he was kind of hoping he would learn something. <laughs> so how much do you think your school exam results um, influenced your career? Oh, not at all. And um, what did you get for your GCSEs? I can't remember, um, which is why I think not at did all. Did you go? I did get some <laughs> heckled off my own mum. I did. I didn't get any A's, I might have got some C's. Right, but can't remember what they were in. No. Maths, English? I got English. Probably got maths. 
Yeah. What did you get in your degree? But you went on to university and got a degree. Yes. Without any GCSEs or A levels. <laughs> I had a really strong argument with the vice principal of the uni. Same what? Um, you blagged you went to uni. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And said I would do really well, and I did. I got a two-one. Well done. Thank That's you. really good. Yeah. I know. Um, but genuinely, the don't. I think. I think. Well, I think GCSEs are. The pressure is horrific. Anyway. Um, and literally everybody this year as well, particularly after COVID, I've seen lots of people in finance who were recruiting and saying, I'm recruiting and at no point do I look on the CV at the GCSEs. I'm looking we for don't. your personality. Exactly. I'm looking for your fit with my company. I'm looking for the kind of experience that you can bring. Sometimes it's relevant to have um, a finance degree so you're not wasting your time at all, Marcus. It's good to be at uni. But it's not. It really isn't. So I think the pressure put on people's unnecessary. Um, at that age as well, at 15. Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. horrible, isn't it? How many did you get? Um, I got 10. <laughs> did you? Yeah. I got two A's and, um, oh no, sorry, I got nine C and above and 10 overall. Oh. Um, I got two A's in English language and English literature. Um, I got seven C's and then I got one A in PE. Yes, you guessed it. <laughs> Funnily enough, yes, you guessed it. Apparently, I don't like doing handstands in my knickers. So. Right, so the plan for the rest of the episode is to obviously talk about finance. That's what we do. It's what the podcast has always been about. Um, it's always been about bringing um, our non-traditional angle to finance, which we still will. And as Joe mentioned, is about back to school. We'll go through a few different areas. They may or may not be themed to lessons that you did in school. Um, usual little fun quizzes back in the office, which you actually always seem to end up coming off quite badly with. So yeah. I'm looking forward to them. <laughs> and because we've got a live audience, um, make the most of it and play a few games. So yeah, that's the plan for today. Let's dive in. Let's dive in, is that a new catchphrase? That's you. <laughs> she can't leave a second's pause. She can't leave one second. <laughs> yeah, but you can't just throw a new catchphrase at me. Like, let's dive in. <laughs> Probably not. How long have you been A month. <laughs> yeah. Why are you saying Yeah. This is my natural. So, I mean, how long do you think you know Joe and Catherine this month? Well, I mean, been here about for about four months, I think. After having the, uh, the, the little party, I've got to know him a bit well, so... Yeah, it was it was good, but the Sunday wasn't nice, the hangover wasn't nice. Any good stories from there? Um, yeah, the good ones, and the ones you'd rather just not think about. If Joe and Kathy were teachers in a school, what do you think their subjects would be? Oh, um, so Joe definitely history. I think Joe would probably be biology, just with some of the things she says sometimes. <laughs> she loves like she loves telling really peculiar facts. Yeah, I'd probably say Joe would be biology. I think she does come up with some witty and informative things some, sometimes, a lot of the time. About the human body. About the human body and, and things in general. I think Cathy would definitely teach something like English um, or maths, just something very, like, a bit more serious. Not totally serious, but more serious. And I think Joe would probably teach something like art or like food tech or some, somewhere she could just make a mess. Cathy, I don't think there'd be a subject out there that fitted what she'd want to teach. 
So she'd probably end up creating something new and then teaching that, I reckon. You know what, even after a month, I feel like you've got a peg. <laughs> Who do you think would give out the most detentions? I'd say, I'd say Cathy. Yeah, I think Joe would be joining in with the mischief. Um, Kathy. I don't think they'd give a lot out between them, but I think I think Kathy would take the lead. Joe. I think if you try to tell a joke and it's not funny, she'll probably give you detention for it. <laughs> so rather you tell a joke and it be funny, and yeah, then it not be funny, and then yeah. What do you think Kathy gives more detention for? Um. People not having a picture on Skype. She hates it. Who do you think was captain of the netball team? Oh, that's got Kathy written all over it. I would have to say Kathy. Kathy. I'll say Kathy. Because... Yeah, she's quite... Yeah, she's... Uh, probably Kathy. Just on the pure height difference. I could just see Kathy being very determined to, to win. I, I could see Joe maybe thinking, I can't be bothered with netball today. <laughs> I'm going to go with Joe. Do you not think they're like... Oh, what, with their height? Oh yeah, but it should be like a little scrappy-doo, like running around, getting everything. Hi, <laughs> welcome back. Um, do not adjust your television screens. Um, I'm not Cathy. I have car insurance, funnily enough. Oh. <laughs> so we have swapped seats. Right, start home. Must check car Please insurance. Please will you check your car insurance? And um, that's the homework section for today, that Cathy must check if she's got car insurance and or tax. Um, I think I've got tax. Do you know what I did realise? I don't think I've got life insurance. So I think I'm down two. Oh, I might have both. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? It's an enigma. Um, what we're going to do now is play a little bit of a game for our history section. Do you like yes. history school? No. Um, but do you know what? I remembered recently, our history teacher was Mr Cairns, and he was bonking Miss Coleman, the English teacher. Ooh. Yeah, they used to always just like go and disappear into the classroom and like lock the door and nobody was allowed in for a little bit. And, you know, as 15-year-olds, we assume that's what they were doing. Yeah, wow. no. And sometimes I see him in town. Yeah. What, with Miss Coleman? No, not with Miss Coleman anymore, oh. no. I know, I know. <laughs> anyway, you know. School bonking aside, um, we're going to look at some job roles from 1850s and their <laughs> income. What we're going to do is look at some jobs in the 1850s and you right. have to guess whether right. the next job, their income for right. the year is higher or lower. So I'll give right. you the first one. Okay. What I'm going to do, like a bit like uh, Brucey. Um, What's the drink that's up on there? Juice Farsight. You can be Juice Farsight. So, first job. General labourers, how much do you think they earned a year? In the 1850s? In literally 1850s. 44, I think so, 44 pounds. Bang on, well done! It's almost like you got the first one for free. My first day star. <laughs> right, okay, next one, miners. Do you think they earned higher or lower than a general labourer? So, well, yes, you'd think they would earn higher because of the horrible... What do we think? Yes, yeah. What we think? Yeah, I'm going lower. Wrong, it's higher. It's 55. Well, they should, they should have earned higher. £55 a year to go down the mine. Mint. <laughs> right, okay, so we've got miners. 55 risk their lives for everybody. The police. Who do you think? Ooh, do you think the police higher, earned higher or lower? Um, ah, oh, it's got to be higher. What do you think? Higher. It's lower. 53. Fifty-three. Right, the government. People who worked for the government. Oh, higher, higher. That was paying too much. Bearing in mind that the police earn fifty-five quid a no, year. 
Yeah, yeah 53 quid. Ooh. What do you think, government earns 68? Yeah. Anybody else, any other options, Cathy? Yep, 68. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, did you just take her to school with you? <laughs> Anybody else? Jude, Jude, what do you think the government earned in 1850 per year? 82. 235 pounds a year. Um, right, okay, shipbuilders. Now, that's also local. It was a massive thing in the 1850s. How much do you think it, you paid someone to build a ship? It, well, it's got to be lower. Yeah. What do we um, think, lower? Lower, lower? lower. And I think, like, if it was the sailors, they'd be higher than the shipbuilders. They're still just labourers, aren't they? No, I'm going back down the end of, like, general labourers. I'm going to go up 60. Ooh, 64, well done. Oh. Right, okay, so crucial work with the shipbuilders, um, clergymen, what do you think they earned? Yeah. I don't think they earn a lot, I don't, because they've got the church and they've got the land and they've got the flock. They can dip in the box. I think that's like a, what they call an on-the-job perk, isn't it, yeah? Wash the face in the font, yeah? So we think a lower. Because they've got the food. There. What did you say they had? The land and the flock? It's stipend, don't they? Oh, what's yeah. a stipend? I don't know. Like a wage, I think. 51. Um, 267. Oh, no! Oh, do you know what? Because back then, people were very religious, weren't they? What do you think about a solicitor or a barrister? £350. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced she doesn't turn up at work and pretend to be you. <laughs> Um, a solicitor got £1,838. Um, what do you think about a surgeon then? Oh, well, I just, you've gone too high and I can only come lower. They just used to pop leeches on people, didn't they? They just used to like medicine back in those days and it was all experimental. Like, they only have medicine now because they had to practice on people at the time. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go 900. 201 pounds. Ooh, less than a. So you know, next time your parents are like, um, marry a doctor, you'd be like, marry a lawyer. Um, so if a surgeon's 201 pound, what do you think our unsung heroes, heroes, the teachers are? In the 1850s, do I think they had a curriculum and I mean it was like it was childcare, wasn't it? I'd, like I'd have paid for that regardless of education. <laughs> some, did you just have some childcare? Exactly. You would have had you would have had the shipbuilder looking after your kids. I would have had a shipbuilder. It was the cheapest. General labour. He'd have had my kids. Um, um, teachers, what do we think? I'm going lower. Higher or lower? Lower. Forty pound less than general labour. Yeah. Teachers, eighty-one pound. Um, and I'm going to finish off with the last one, Clark, um, which I felt was the closest to kind of what we do, because nobody knows what we do. Oh, interesting. Um, so clerk, a clerk, like a general like a, office cleric. Do you know who was a famous clerk? Um, what do you call that for? Kent. Kent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you call the guy who's Tiny Tim's dad in uh, Christmas Carol? What do you call him? Thank you, Jude. Bob Cratchit. <laughs> Fella passed English. Passed English late, didn't you, darling? Well done, son. Um, Clark, how much do you think? Clark, so higher or lower than a teacher at 81? Lower, lower, lower. 30 pounds. You just stop listening to mums. It's 235 pounds. <laughs> Thank you. That concludes our history lesson for today. Thank you to Cathy for showing up for once to a history lesson. 
Um, that was all good. Uh, what do you think about that then? Was there any surprises? Um, the surprise was that Miss Coleman didn't shimmy on in. <laughs> <laughs> so that always happened. What I wanted to touch on for maths, which I found really interesting the other day, um, I was talking to somebody, and when I say talking to somebody, I mean literally climbing and hanging out the window and heckling at Spike the other day about decimalisation, asking him to explain it to me. So decimalisation was on the 15th of February, 1971. Ooh. Can you guess why it was then? Um, the day after Valentine's Day, so you got cheap dinners the night before. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was the quietest time of the year for banks ah. and shops. Um, because obviously you've had the pre-Christmas rush and you know you've calmed down. So back in the day, decimalisation, do you know anything about decimalisation and what it Mom. used to be like? <laughs> <laughs> I know my mum talks about 10 bob, is 50 pence. Um, so how many pennies do you think were in a shilling? Five. No. 50. Lower? 15. 12. <laughs> so <laughs> just moving along a little bit. So there's 12, 12, 12 pennies, pennies in a shilling. In a shilling. Okay. But did you realise that pennies used to be spelled with a D? So they would say 12D, which was a penny. Can you Is guess that, that what the D was? Yes. Um, which yeah. I always read as dime and thought, well, that's weird because they're not American. Because <laughs> you see it in books, don't you? This is Cathy all over. So what she does is, if she doesn't know the answer to something, she'll just make it up. So it's she decides it was a dime. Look, yeah. So what it is, is denarius, which is a oh, Roman coin. Oh, you love that. Bloody <laughs> um, history. So the D was um, denarius, which meant a Roman coin um, at the time, which was classed as it was a small coin, so it was looked like a penny. So they would use that as pennies, which is why it was a D. And as part of decimalisation, they changed it to P, which makes more sense because it's for pennies. And they changed it obviously to a hundred to a pound, so it's like you know the whole kind of um, meter thing. Pounds used to be written as an L. Um, do you know why? Because there was lots of pennies in them. Because there was lots of pennies in them, no. <laughs> it was because um, L st stood for Libra, which meant pound in ancient Roman. So it was a pound of weight. Ooh. And it's why the pound sign now looks like the pound sign. It's just an elaborate way of writing L. Oh, honestly, has so much information and it's all amazing and none of it's staying in. <laughs> <laughs> so what you would have, you'd have 12D, which is 12 pennies to a shilling. You'd have... So sorry, what happened? Did you, <laughs> did you have a shilling? Yes. And then there's decimalisation. Yeah, so, and then have, so there's no shilling. Now there's 12 pennies. pennies. But they would be called 12D right. um, to a shilling. Then you would have 20 shillings to a pound. Yeah, but what were they called after? Pounds and pence like we've got now. <laughs> wow. Has, has anybody checked their pay slips? Has everybody been paid this month? Right, tell me what was it again? Shillings? <laughs> so there was shillings, pounds and pence. So you'd have 12 old pence to a shilling. Right, okay. And then you'd have 20 shillings to a pound. Right. But you'd have, so in the coinage, you'd have like quarter pennies. So you'd have something that was like a quarter of a penny, which you wouldn't have now. So a farthing was six and a quarter pennies, randomly. Oh yeah, no. No. Yeah, no, it's absolutely not. So it's a little bit like that where they tried to simplify it and they made 100 pennies to a pound and they made and, normal and pounds. Right, yeah, because it does make more sense. It, it does make more sense. Yeah. So yeah, so there was a couple of um, things to note. Um, so your coins were a quarter pennies to five shillings. After that, they became notes. Um, quarter pennies. You could have a quarter penny. To five shillings. Those were and then coins. there were notes. And then there were notes. Um, so of note, two pence was called a. Tuppence. <laughs> so uh, three pence was called a. Threepence. Threepence. Threepence a bit. Threepence a bit. Yeah, threepence a bit. Um, a sixpence was called a. Sixpence. Sixpence. Sixpence none the richer. 
What do you think a two? What do you think a two shilling was called? No, it's all right. It's not. I don't need to be. Do you want my mic? You know what I was like? Oh, John turns up. I won't get a word in anyways. Right. Yes. Two shillings of florin, apparently. Two shillings and sixpence was. So. Bearing in mind, sixpence would then be half a shilling because twelve pence a shilling. What do you think five shillings was? I literally have no. Think about it. Think about it. In the no. Think right. Okay. Right. 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 Let me concentrate. Listen. Two shillings and sixpence is half a crown. Two shillings and sixpence is half a crown. No, it's a duh, not a per. In my head, it's a per. Go. Five shillings is a. Crown. Nail decimalisation. That concludes our maths lesson for today. Um, how do you feel? Do you feel like if you were transported back to 1970, you could cope? I tell you what, like finance would have been harder back then, wouldn't it? I don't think yeah. we'd have got a job in it. We'd be down there. We'd just be in the mine. No, we'd be clerking. You know, yeah, selling shoes, selling shoes on the side, Bob Cratchit on the other side. We'd be laughing. So, do you remember some of the quirkier subjects that you had in school? So, did you ever do cooking? Um, I didn't. So, when I got to um, third year, we got to choose um, domestic sciences, which was cookery, or um, woodwork. And D I did um, woodwork. I did DT. woodwork. Yeah, DT. Design um, technology. But yeah. I was so rubbish at it. Um, but there was only me. Was I was the only girl. <laughs> so oh, you know, I actually got to earn it because everybody did. You've just reminded me. DT was genuinely one of the only subjects that I attended. I really liked it. So we did the woodwork and made a wooden frog, and it, like, it was like a paperclip. I remember that. I made like, but because I like didn't turn up very often, and I had to just get the scraps that were left over in like the. Mm class so I had like a love heart with all these patches on and it was just all fell apart and it was horrible but I just it was the one um subject that I thought you could get involved and do something with so I did um there was business studies that we did yeah um, which I then did on like, yeah. and things, yeah. I think like you've got like your classics haven't you you've got your science English math your humanities a yeah. couple of languages although they've been getting dropped um, and then one that came up, but it was after I left, was media. And I just thought, like, I, if they did that in my school, I would have absolutely oh, done media. Yeah. I took media at college. I did you? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I learned so much about you through these podcasts. <laughs> um, speaking of media, we spoke to Faith Liversedge, who works in marketing but in financial services, and um, found out a little bit about why she chose that course in terms of her career and also working in this industry. And here's our interview with her. Well, so today we're joined by Faith Liversedge from F. L Storyteller. So thanks for joining us, Faith. Thanks very much for having me. No worries at all. Do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit and kind of your, your background? Yes, yes. So I started off um, in journalism, but then when I moved up to Edinburgh, um, I kind of moved into marketing, but then financial services is kind of where it's at in Edinburgh. It took a while to find my feet, really, because um, there's lots of big companies where you can get a bit lost if you work in marketing and you don't really feel like you're doing anything that has any relevance. And then I moved to Nucleus about 10 years ago, and that was really fun because you could basically turn your hand to everything and anything then. And also technology was kind of taking off and they were very into social media and, and just trying out different things. And so we got to experiment a lot and test and learn, um, which is where I kind of just realized there were so many different ways to market yourselves in this industry. It doesn't have to be 
stuffy, doesn't have to be boring, doesn't have to be heavily regulated. You don't have to sign off every single tweet 10 times. Um, you can be a bit more fluid with it. So I think that opened it up in terms of my view of what could be possible for firms themselves. So when I sort of felt like a change, I went freelance about five years ago and set up my own boutique agency to help smaller advisor firms and also fintech companies with their marketing and branding to help them kind of get themselves out there in a way that's a bit looser and a bit more human and a bit more interesting than all that kind of navy blue and green formal um, jargony looking marketing which is kind of what everyone expects. Um, sorry I just had navy blue on um, my um, financial advisors website bingo. (laughs) 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 What do you think it is about navy blue that they all love? I think it's like it's not black it's not depressing it's not Red is like a no-no, pink's too wild, yellow's too wild, navy blue's like cautious, safe, sensible, conservative. It's not going to frighten the horses. It could be seen as being a kind of quite a sophisticated colour as well. It's it's nothing too outrageous. But then, yeah, then you outrageous, but they're probably really boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess it must have been a huge change then when you got your hands on, you know, campaigns and things for Nucleus who were all their bright oranges. And- yeah, it was. It was really great because they were very, like I said, very kind of experimental and you could go off and come up with your own ideas for things. And they were very into videoing. Um, so I went around with a camcorder on my first day, went around the country just interviewing advisors. And um, their, um, you know, kind of ethos is all about being the smaller person fighting against the big life companies so that kind of permeated every single thing and so when you came to campaigns you had something really strong to kind of hook everything on so you could be really playful with that I really liked it when they sent out the Lego do you remember when they sent out the Lego (laughs) yeah that was great that was really good yeah when five years ago you've decided to go freelance yes you've got finance knowledge but actually what you've got is a lot of marketing and creative knowledge and awareness did you consider any other industries or if you didn't, would you consider any other industries? Is there anywhere that you'd like to go to flex your creativity even more? Yeah, that's a really good question. That was one of my first thoughts was like, oh, I could work for like a spa chain or something. But <laughs> <laughs> go out and test a load of hot tubs and saunas and rate them. And But then I realized that, you know, anyone can do that. Whereas the, the thing about finance is lots of advisors are far too busy and then head's not in that space at all. It's the opposite to where their head is. Um, but also I had accumulated a lot of specialist knowledge by that point. So I sort of knew a lot of things and had a lot of ideas. And I like the idea of kind of the push and pull of working in a traditional staid industry and being able to add something vaguely wild and creative in that context but if I went to work for Innocent Smoothies or a spa chain it's already kind of playful and fluffy and all of those things and they're already using conversational tone of voice and they're already using like wacky formats and you know all of that so I wouldn't have as much to offer so it's more of a challenge to do it in this profession Um, if you can get away with it then it feels like a bigger win. Yeah, yeah, I guess the mould's already been broken in a lot of other yes. reasons. It's still there for doing. Oh, the mould's quite strong. Quite <laughs> strong. <laughs> a big theme that we have from the podcast is we talk a lot about the perceptions of finance and how it generally gets quite a bad rap. Mm. You know, we only ever hear the, the bad news in the press a lot of the time, outside of the industry, I think. Um, so if you could wave a magic wand and you could do a campaign to kind of show how good finance is and the benefits of it, what would that look like? 
That's a good question. Um, I think it's all down to the client experience. So people don't understand until they talk to a client about what kind of experience they've had with a financial advisor, what it's really like. And it can be quite moving. So I speak to clients all the time and interview them. And their advisor doesn't even know that that's what they thought because they've been too embarrassed to tell them because we're all British and all that. So um, that can, that's where this kind of the raw power of it is. And it's like, well, how do you translate that into something? I'm not entirely sure beyond, you know, interviewing clients on video and things like that something along that nature because yeah it would just it would just sort of blow it all open you know people just have this really dour impression of it and it feels very boring and there is some headway being made with that there's all sorts of quirky companies out there so I remember an award being won by a company who had done Game of Loans instead of Game of Thrones so something like that when you're kind of tapping into something that everyone understands everyone gets but actually it's got a serious hook to it I think that's what you're kind of looking for you immediately thought of one <laughs> no I haven't yours is a superpower for this kind of thing I um, um, it's not going to be up there with Game of Loans I'm pretty sure <laughs> That is amazing. But then talking about the school then, so obviously we're doing a back to school um, theme tomorrow. What was your favourite lesson in school and why? Oh, that's a great question. Drama. I just love drama so much because it was like half an hour in your lunch hour. So it wasn't even a proper lesson. So you knew that it was like there wasn't much of it, but you could just, I don't know, just go wild. And it just kind of really played to my creativity, I suppose. But I was also really shy. So it was like an excuse to be a bit out there. Drama. I like drama. Mostly. I am not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so shy. I couldn't um, sing, nor dance, nor act, but I really enjoyed it. Really <laughs> oh, history. I did like history. Yes, yeah. yeah random really historical old. facts. Well, yeah, and really old. I yeah, really you do old. a good, good historical. Like when, when it was the first of August, you put on our internal system about the. Go on, I don't even know what your fact was. <laughs> Just that August is named after Augustus Caesar, and because Julius Caesar, which July is named after, had 31 days, Augustus said, I want 31 days too, um, which is why August it- 31 days. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I did actually see that you've done a new blog called The Naked Advisor, which yes. I was enjoying. Um, which even that, again, I like, is, I, I, I like the concept. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah, but also... <laughs> <laughs> yes, not such a great mental image. Um, yeah, it's good for me because my imagination's poor, so I don't have to think of anybody stripping out of that nice navy blue suit. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about what your try, what your aim is with that, what your mission is with it. Yes, yes. It's called The Naked Advisor. So the idea is that we're in this kind of really unusual time at the moment. We've gone through a period of rapid, unnatural change, which has kind of forced firms to be really techie, remote, think digitally, change the way that they're doing things, start from scratch again in some situations with some things if they're lucky enough to. So if you could start from scratch and you could start with a naked advisor, what would that look like? Like what's the best of the best now? Um, There's so many different options, so many different ways to outsource, so many different ways to remodel what you're doing what does that look like so everyone is interested in the advisor of the future and what does that look like um and there's so many different angles to that and I speak to advisors every week clients every week and there's always all these different sort of hacks and things that people are doing and looking at and I thought oh it'd be good to put that down just to kind of share it with other people because we're doing a school episode do you think that finance should be taught in schools Ooh, that's interesting one. Yeah, I think it would go down really well because I think there's statistics now around younger people 
um, that show that they are open to this information. It's not something that um, maybe my generation would have found very dry or boring because younger people spend more time with their parents. They actually learn a lot more from them on finance and things. And so they're a lot more savvy. And because they were in a difficult situation, they don't have as much um, as many freebies as previous generations, then they have to be. And the this is a huge generalization, but the young people that I know are really on it. Like they know, they know what they're doing with their money. They're really clever and they're really careful with it. And I'm actually really sort of jealous of that attitude because it's so responsible. I think they're just more interested in everything, aren't they? Like I don't yes. know what <laughs> the world but then um, and it's obviously right. the internet and the ability to educate yourself and get or get some education it makes a big difference but I think it's not like when you used to be in the pub and you say oh who played that guy off at EastEnders and then nobody knew nobody knew you never knew you yeah, had to yeah. yes yeah. like we did you remember when we were in Yam and I said to that guy and um, what who's what song did Michelle Gale sing? And he just looked at me like I was weird. <laughs> and then now when I've said it all out, I, I now I know why he looked at me because I was weird. <laughs> like I was weird. Did you find out? Yeah, sweetness is my weakness. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, thanks so much. Um, I've got um, a little mini quick fire that I've just written. Um, right, so Edinburgh or London? Mm. Um, oh, Edinburgh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um based on school lessons history or geography oh, oh. history yeah why are you saying that history is a good choice they were both horrid lessons like geography now was horrid. in Nobody life you would say geography about... because you want to travel no geography yeah Arable yeah <laughs> 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 you remember learning about waterfalls and how they work was it, was it waterfalls or was it the condensation thing where they came back oh off. no but I remember that one thing yeah sorry it's just a quick fire it's supposed to go <laughs> and a classic pension or ISA oh pension um what's your favorite piece of marketing collateral if you could only have one mm, gosh email yeah. it's the most effective e- piece of marketing I think you can do because it's free it's scalable and it's very very intimate if you get it right if you get the content right you can get right inside your client's brains. Oh, <laughs> and what's your favourite font? Oh gosh, that's tricky. I like Roboto. <laughs> oh, Roboto. Jaws on the back, Roboto. Um, and Royal London or Standard Life? <laughs> gosh, uh, Royal London Cafe is better. There you go. <laughs> um, when you were at school, were you? Uh, were you? person who wrote not to get out PE or did you win all of the races oh my god the first one for sure so <laughs> many notes to get out of PE I hated it hated it so much so many notes I had so much handwriting <laughs> never worked though they would just say no crack on lovely well thank you thanks so much for joining us it's been amazing and can't wait to see you at the conference oh yeah can't wait to see you yeah it's gonna be good so which of the two of them do you think was suspended from their school? I mean, it could be either. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Jo. I think she's a, yeah, I think Jo's probably the naughtier out of the two. And Kathy. Like Jo and Kathy? Yeah. I feel like she's a rebel at heart. Uh, I think Kathy. Actually, no, I think Jo. It could be either of them. I'm going to go with Cathy. 
probably Kathy, because I think she would. I think she's she's quite headstrong, so I think if the teachers had something to say, she would she would just go all the way and argue back. It was Kathy. Was it Kathy? Ah, no way. Was it? What did she do? What do you think she did? Oh, that's a hard question. Getting drunk in school? Skip school. Probably starting a company before parasols. <laughs> Probably starting her own little enterprise and she had to had to go somewhere, do like a meeting or something. So yeah, I think that's why she probably skipped school. <laughs> and who do you reckon is the best at art? Ooh, I think Kathy. I think Kathy's, I mean, I've seen her paint a hallway a lot. So I think there's a secret artistic spark there, maybe. <laughs> definitely Joe, definitely, yeah. I would say Joe because she, she has a lot of bright colours. And I think, yeah. <laughs> Might have to do something with being an artiste. I don't know. She's got that energy. I can see what a player. If Joe was like the lead actress in the film, which film do you think she'd be like the star of? That is actually a really good one. Uh, I'll go have to take a moment here. Lead star, lead star. Uh, probably say Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. I think she's quite like Romeo or Romeo, yeah. Definitely. General yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you think was the best at art? Um, Joe. She loves to draw cock and balls in everyone's work when they're not around, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you for the break commercials. Um, what do we have in the commercials? Like soap powder, hair powder from the 1700s, maybe? Interestingly, hair powder from the 1700s. Do you know what it is? No, I don't. Genuinely, is this like like? So we're looking at 18th. So what we've looked at is Dr. Samuel Johnson's London book, and it tells you the cost of living in the 1700s. Oh, which years would those be? So what century would that be? Right. So the 17th. Is it the 18th? Is it? It's the 18th century. Honestly, I'm just gonna. You're gonna have to carry around in a backpack. This is interesting. What years are they? What years is in the 1700s? But yeah, I could have. 1700 to 1799. Anyway, so for five. Pence, then remember right. it's D, and um, you could get a pound of hair powder. What do you think you could get for one penny in the 1700s? Oh my god, cabbage. <laughs> for one penny, you could get a day's allowance of coal, or for one penny, you could get enough gin to get drunk on. Ooh. And what would you choose? <laughs> gin, the answer's gin. Sorry, is that a question? <laughs> for tuppence. Yeah. Yeah, you can get paper and string. That's a Mary Poppins reference. You can't do that. This is the 1700s. <laughs> For trepans, I'm just like using all the oldie terms, you can get a supper of bread, cheese and beer, which is standard, which is yeah. what you'd normally get in this bar. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you could also, for a poor person, get it's the cost of a bloodletting. So these surgeons who were on... 1800 pounds in the year. Was the bloodletting when they used to like just the leeches? Like, le ah, okay. The leeches and oh. the bloodletting. How much do you think it would cost for an evening at a coffee house? Right, none of this makes any sense. Sorry, <laughs> I can get leeches to suck my blood to make me feel better for three pence, but mm -hmm. I'm paying five pence for some talc for my hair. Yep. But I'm also only paying one pence to get drunk off gin, mm -hmm. two pence for bread, cheese, and beer. Yep. And now I need to pay more, presumably, for what? Coffee. 
Um, so for a cost of an evening at a coffee house is eight pence, oh, which cool. again more expensive than your higher powder or your Jane or whatever. It's like the oldie Starbucks. <laughs> so you know, always expensive. <laughs> so for one shilling, you can get as an example dinner in a steakhouse, which yes. included Ooh. your beef, your bread, and your beer plus a tip. Oh, the three Bs plus a tip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also for a shilling, do you know what you used to get? It was your sign-on bonus for the army recruitment. You used to get the King's shilling, it was called, and you got a bonus of a shilling for signing on. However, in the Navy, who had their heads switched on, um, they used to have that press scan thing. That's where press scan comes from, where they used to smack you on the head and like drag you on board the boat. <laughs> and it, you'd wake up on a boat in the middle of the sea and you'd be like, oh, I'm in the Navy now. Uh, that used to be thing, and that was free. So, you know, enterprise. <gasps> Postage of a one-page letter from London to New York was a shilling. Also, a pound of Parmesan cheese. So for threepence, yep. um, the cost of, was the cost of postage for a one-page letter going 80 miles, which is very specific, huh? but it was paid by the recipient, oh. which made me think, you know, if you hated someone, and there's oh. all, now you've got this whole revenge for them, you'd just be sending like, letter, after letter, letter after letter, 80 long. miles, <laughs> going, travelling, you know, if you knew somebody from 20 miles away you didn't like, you travel 60 miles in the other direction, send them a letter going, ha, ah, and that would, they would have to then pay the recipient. They would have, because they're the recipient, they would have to pay it. So for six pounds, what do you think you could get? Bear in mind. Right, a flight to Australia. No. Oh. You could get, it was the cost of, six pound, the cost of a night out, including supper, so your speedy peppers or yeah. whoever your choice of I don't think, I was off the dinner suppers back then. Cost of a night out, including supper, a bath and a fashionable courtesan. Anyway, the cost of Dr. Johnson's just published dictionary in 1756 was 10 shillings. So it was yes. more expensive for a dictionary than it was for champagne. Which is the right way it should be. Well, it is, yeah. It's a lesson, a lesson in life. You learn more than what you're saying. You do, you're right, you do. I've learned a lot today, I've learned a lot. So, to the final school lesson of the day, it's our PE lesson, which is um, a little bit active, apparently. We actually don't Nat is going to give us some questions. Joe and I need to answer, select the answer by throwing a ball into the waste paper correct, basket. No, fancy numbered vestibule. <laughs> um, so over to you, Nat. Okay, then, are you ready? Yeah. Uh -huh. Not Probably to not. Su suggest that you are competitive, but let's see. Right, first question, question number one. Yep. How many budgets has Rishi given since becoming Chancellor? What? I think it's two, but I can't get it. Yes, yes. two! Is it two? It's two! Yeah! I mean, not that we're competitive, but I got it in. March 2020 and March 2021. Oh, I just remember, because well, you remember I said he was hot the first time, and then I said he'd be less so hot, hot the second time, but still hot. So hot. Dishy, dishy, dishy. Yeah, yeah. So, dishy. right, ready? Question number two. Yeah. What is the square root of nine? Do you want Three. to lean a bit further over the chuffing fence? Oh, <laughs> oh, it's it's it. It. <laughs> it is three. And well done, Jojo. No, I know the number, I just couldn't, like, I'm not moving <laughs> my aim. Right. And my arm's too strong. Right. Come on. Right. Okay. I've got this, Cathy, come on. Yeah. To the nearest pound, the average cost of a pint in England is. The bench. Oh. No. Yeah, no, both are rubbish. No. It is going to, it would have been four pounds. Oh. I want to go to the three pounds. Stop leaning. No, I can lean. I told you to be competitive. Right, come on, next one. 
What percentage? <laughs> what percentage is the current UK inflation rate? Two. Oh, I, did, I was right. Yeah. Oh, I meant to go for one. Yay! Yeah, no, it's two. Point to Kathy. Next yeah. one. Right, you're going to really need to concentrate right. on this one. Okay. Including today, take the number of that min podcast episodes, divide it by six, times that number of current members of Take That, <laughs> minus the original number of members, and, get number of it. and minus the tax year end date, plus the number of members in Amsterdam day. Right, now, just get a number. Oh. Any number. <laughs> no. Rooms at one. But welcome to getting it in, Jojo. You're winning for you. How many Batman podcast coronavirus specials has there been? <laughs> Two. Well done. <laughs> the song Wonderwall reached what position in the UK charts? No, it's number two. Oh, oh come on, you know the answer. It's You're great. I know. I'm good at PA, and I can't believe about names. Very specific bucket. This is our very last one. Oh. Are you ready? Yes. yes. Drum roll. How many podcast awards has that mint podcast one. won? One. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I am so good at this very specific task. How music want to go for, Luke? Four. Come on. <laughs> yeah, all of those. Well done, guys. Didn't take longer than 10 minutes because it turns out I was class on it. This is why I don't play PE because I don't like it, I'm a sore loser. However, well done, Jojo. Tell if you had a tiny skirt on with like a, like, a little like blue knickers yeah, on, you'd have been all right. Like oh. <laughs> this is what I love you. Um, so, that was um, our very, very organised, calming, wonderful mint podcast <laughs> end of season episode. I feel like we all learnt loads. Everybody feels better financially educated. Everybody knows a little bit more about decimalisation. Um, yeah, I mean, you're welcome, <laughs> basically, podcast listeners. Um, so thank you to our producers, Second Draft, as always. Always. Always for doing all the press. We always say, and also for like, putting up with us. There's that. Yeah, I think you can see that now. Um, thank you to our live studio audience. Um, and thank you, as always, to marketing, who, you know, all the they bring seen. the waste paper baskets. They and the do, and they, they also don't just bring the waste paper baskets, <laughs> they take numbers to them. <laughs> and the readout questions, so thank you, Nat. <laughs> thank you, um, and we'll see you soon. We'll see you on the next season, season three.